This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And I'm coming to you, personally I'm coming to you, I'm right in the middle of the country. We had a game on Sunday, we beat West Ham and it was a fine, fine victory, which we'll talk about a little bit later and it was so much for me, I had to escape from London. Go somewhere where I can actually just chill out. There's nothing around, just got fields and cows and chickens and natural fresh air and I'm feeling very relaxed because after that game I was jumping around like an absolute nutter and it was a very good day. Uh, My name is Billy Grant and I'm sitting here, it's probably not really a virtual joint, it's more of a big sort of mansion house in the middle of Herefordshire and uh, I'm very happy and I've got my man Laney in the house, how are you Laney? Yeah, very good, mate. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm not in Herefordshire, and I'm. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with my my surroundings. I have to admit, no cows though. Um, um, but yeah, I'm still buzzing as well from uh, from Sunday, which was a cracker. So uh, yeah, I hope you're enjoying yourself, mate. I'm and hope you're hoping back. You're back in time for uh, the visit to the Watford Wankers. And the explanation, if you're not familiar with it, we talked about it many times on this podcast back in the seventies. They didn't used to sell half and half scarves. They used to sell Watford Wankers scarves outside the ground when we used to play Watford because the rivalry was that big. Oh, certainly back in time for the for the Watford chums of ours, actually. I'll tell you something, actually, because it's, uh, you know, I mean, I know quite a few Bees fans that will be listening here. They'll be sort of harking their minds back to the days when we actually played Hereford, you know, and it is a, it's, it's a funny place to come to because, you know, you, you come off the motorway and all of a sudden it's, it's all about the A road. There is no fast road down here. So getting from A to B doesn't really happen too quickly, like, you know, and all around these manners as well. But I, as, as I was coming sort of past the Hereford, I realised I've actually never been to Hereford, which is, a, and I've pretty much been to every ground around the country. But Hereford is one of the grounds that I've never been to. Laney, have you, have you tucked into the Hereford? Yeah, I've been to, to Edgar Street a couple of times. Yeah, In fact, it was the first time Besotted, the fanzine, the paper fanzine, was sold anywhere 
that was uh, that was it was sold on the away terraces um, before a home game. So it kind of it is a kind of got a bit of a besotted kind of uh, heritage story to it. So uh, yeah, um, but I have been there twice, I believe. League Cup, probably both League Cup, although one of them might be in Freight Rover or LDV or whatever it was called. So uh, yeah, they carried they sort of led a bull out around the pitch before the game. So uh, yeah. Do. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, the only time—well, not say the only time—I, I, the, the most vivid remember, memory I have of playing Hereford because most of the games against Hereford, obviously, we used to play them loads back in the day, sort of Division Three days, and they're horrendous. Like you know, what I'm saying most of those matches, but the most vivid memory I have is when they came to um, Old Griffin Park. And they played us at Griffin Park, and if I remember rightly, they either sort of won the league or won promotion. I, I believe it was uh, in front of us, I think. And there was all sorts of celebration on our own turf. I might be wrong about that, but I, I vaguely remember Hereford getting yeah, promotion. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right, mate. And, yeah. uh, and and I can't I can't imagine Hereford had got promotion to the second tier, which is now the Championship. Uh, again, this is no disrespect. <laughs> I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Hereford, but I I don't I can't I can't. I mean, maybe they did. I mean, that that was the most amazing thing ever. Uh, so I, I would have thought that they would have got promotion out of the bottom tier. But I, but then saying that, I don't think we were in the bottom tier for more than a season at a time. So uh, surely mm. we would have gone up as well. Like you know, no, there was there was the year. In, we need we need JB really to sort yeah. of sort us out with some facts on this. But That's yeah, right. I, I think you're I think you're 100 percent right. They they did come down and uh, celebrate um, on our patch, and, like, uh, like they won the cup. Like they won the cup. Yeah. So yeah. but anyway, listen. Moving on. Uh, from the Herefordshire Zone. Uh, listen, um, we're talking about matches and celebrations. Uh, last night there was a cup final. It wasn't a Brentford uh, the main team. It was actually the B team. We're in a cup final last night. It was the Middlesex Cup and we were playing the fake bees. Barnet. The real bees play the fake bees um, at Hampton and Richmond as well. It was one all. After half-time, Nathan Young-Coombs scored yet again. He scored about 742 goals in about five games, he has. So uh, maybe he might make an appearance for the first team at some stage. Um, but also, um, then the game went to penalties. And unfortunately, Nathan Young-Coombs, from what I can gather, because I wasn't there, he uh, he missed a penalty. So um, Brentford went out to the fake bees. The fake bees are now claiming some sort of kind of moral victory um, for not only wearing sort of orange and black striped shirts as they keep saying that that's what the real bees are, but they also beat us in the cup final. Um, so they obviously turned up for the cup final, didn't they, Laney? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, I, I almost went down there. I know the Allard went down there to watch that. And uh, um, so, yeah, so it was a bit of an upset. I, I, I thought our B team would uh, would be strong enough to uh, turn them over. But, um, yeah, they, 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 they've got kind of... Be bragging rights, but I don't. I don't. Take, I don't think that's too serious, really. You know, it's, it would have been good for the B team to win, though. Yeah, it would have done. We, we, we'll, we'll still remind them about the FA Cup a few years ago. But anyway, mm. but moving on. But listen, also, what's been else has been going on? Tell you what's been. Tell you what is really interesting, Laney. Obviously, like you know, we beat Chelsea, which we we went on about for ages. Like you know, because that's what you do when you get sort of big victories like that. And uh, the amount of people that's been coming up to me, talk to me, goes, "Ah, oh, you you really you licked up Chelsea, didn't you?" Like I was like, "Yeah, mate, we licked them up bad." But um, other than like Chelsea, then we got the West Ham scenario. Now you know we can. I think a lot more people will kind of say um, Brentford are safe which is good you know and I think this is what the directors of football and the people behind the club have been saying for you know for months anyway they kind of knew this and I think they've been having their plans in place for a while but now we can all say actually they're going to be putting their they can actually put their plans in place for next season 
already so they don't have to wait till june or the the last week in may to work out are they going to be planning for championship or premier league they can actually start planning for premier league well already i'm sure they started doing that about a month ago or two months ago anyway because they were pretty they were certain that we were going to stay up but now that you know yeah okay we need a few extra points but you know they can do that planning so what interesting story which is uh, coming about again is uh, mikhailo mudrik who is the uh, the left winger, the the young Neymar, as they called him, you know, the Ukrainian Neymar, who we were after in January, who the deal didn't go through in January. And interestingly, uh, we may have talked about this before, the reason why the deal didn't go through is uh, we'd bid a certain amount of money and that uh, got turned down. We bid a certain, another certain amount of money got turned down. Mudrik himself was happy and wanted to move to Brentford. However, he did the manners thing and he said, you know, I'm not going to go behind my boss's back. At the end of the day, it's due to the club. The club needs to accept a bid from Brentford, then I'm quite happy to talk to them. But if, you know, if a bid's not accepted, then I have to just kind of stay at the club because I'm going to remain loyal to the club, which I think is good coming from a player like that. So he was waiting for the club to accept a bid. Um, the, the club turned down our bid a couple of times and they went missing in action to be quite honest with you it was just like it was kind of like you know um, we put in, I think we put in another bid and they just kind of just went ah, yeah, yeah, whatever you know what I'm saying you know and they thought they'll have strength and probably go back in the next window and go in stronger obviously things have taken a bit of a turn over that side of the world now at the moment now and uh, from what I believe there's their owner also he's, he's an oligarch and he's got a lot of money sort of tied up in the eastern side of Ukraine um, which is obviously causing a few problems. So I think the the whole idea of selling players is uh, something that they, they have to, to get into. So from what I can gather, all the Ukrainian players from Shakhtar are available for sale. So there's a few of them. One of them's going to Fulham, it looks like. One of them's gone on loan to Real Madrid, I believe. And like I said, you, it looks like Mudrik is, uh, is, is back on the marketplace. Um, obviously, you know, pre-deals, I don't, you know, I don't know if you're allowed to do pre-deals, but that's what it kind of looks like. Um, when, when I spoke to my sources in Ukraine, because to find out exactly what he was up to at the time, because I didn't know whether or not he was in the army, what, what was going on, he was doing humanitarian work, was the words that I spoke to my, my contact who was out there. Um, but it seems that since then, he's been actually kind of been doing almost like a peace football tour. So they played Olympiakos at the weekend. So he's been get, he's got out and he's doing playing football and uh, probably uh, playing football and raising money for Ukraine. And then he's now done another match where I think they could do another match in a few days time and they're playing somebody else as well. Um, so he's kind of, yeah, that's right, he's going to be in, uh, in Poland. Uh, I think he's going to be in Gdansk and he's going to be playing a game in Gdansk raising money for Poland on a, on a peace tour. So he's out there sort of touting himself and doing what he does best. But Brentford, uh, from what we can gather, are, are right back in there. But obviously there's going to be some opposition. But that's an interesting uh, twist there, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting twist. And there's a, you know, there's a couple of really strong Ukrainian press uh, stories that are, are saying a little bit more than, than we, you know, the link has just been uh, kind of rejoined. Um, one, one of, say, is um, the story Ukraine UA um, saying that Mudrik has, has flown to Brentford. Um, he's met at the training ground. In fact, it says it goes as far as to say he's, he's actually trained with, with Brentford. Um, and you know, it, it's it's a real shame. You know, clearly, you know what's happening in Ukraine. Full stop. But for, for Shakhtar Donetsk, who who are having a you know who are having a, a really good um, European campaign, um, they find themselves 
kind of embroiled not only in in the you know the the, the, the conflict over there, but they look like that that part of uh, eastern Ukraine um, is going to come under even more uh, uh, attacks from from the Russian uh, uh, troops in in the, in the in the weeks to come. So you know that that whole region is is kind of like you know uh, gonna just going to get kind of smashed if 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 what we've seen elsewhere is anything to go by. Um, and you know, for them to be saying all of their squad are up for sale, it, it kind of just you know, I know foot, I know football pales into insignificance when it comes to like a war, but you know, it's just kind of a microcosm of what's happening elsewhere, where you know everything, uh, you know, all bets are off with any kind of normality. We do need a left winger. Um, there's obviously, uh, you know, the, the the contacts have been made, um, and he he was happy to come. He signed an he signed an extension to his contract contract to 2026 um, by the end of the, the the window, according to this report. So um, yeah, so it's, it's just whether we can get you know the price being right. So I think that one's got more than you know just a few legs. I think it's kind of like a millipede bill. It's got a lot of legs. That's that one. right. I mean, and uh, obviously. We've been talking about this, like I said to you, from last summer. You know, a couple of players that we, we know that we needed to strengthen our side. One of them was a left winger, you know, and we talked about the fact that, you know, we really didn't have that option since Ben Rama has left. So that's something that's been, you know, that's, that's left itself open. And, you know, and, and we know that Brentford have been looking, but we haven't actually kind of got the player you know, that we need as well. So I think that's quite interesting that, you know, side Ben Rama was down here, the West Ham game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And uh, there was, like I said, a few little songs sung over to Ben Rama. Um, side Ben Rama, he wants to come home. He wants to come home. And he, uh, he gave a little bit of a wave to the uh, to the, to the West End as well when we sang that. So uh, do you think there was anything in that about him wanting to come home, Laney? Yeah, I do, personally. Yeah, I, I do. You know, sometimes two and two equals ten. But... Uh, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense, just in just in the same way as you know Christian Eriksen coming to us made a lot of sense from the first rumours. You know, we 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 heard the rumours, we started speaking about the Christian Eriksen rumours, and you know it, it seemed improbable. But the more you thought about it, the more it made sense. And just in the same way as him staying at Brentford, uh, it, it might seem seem improbable to some of the pundits and some of the outside observers. But to people that know Brentford and the player, the, the more the more he plays for us, the, I reckon the more you know the more sense it makes for him to stay. And you know, in the same breath, Ben Rama coming back to Brentford it makes the most sense you know it's 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 not it's not working out as he would hoped or as West Ham would hoped um, at, 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 uh, in East London Moyes clearly doesn't rate him or if he does rate him he doesn't rate him enough he's the most substituted player in the Prem uh, he's 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 not what West Ham need. He, he's he's too high risk for them. Um, he's exactly what we need. Um, you know, it, it's the match made in heaven. The only reason he probably went was to get Premiership football and Premiership wages. We can go a long way to giving him. Well, we can give him the the, the Premiership football, the wages. He may have to kind of earn a bit less. But I'm sure there's something that we can be done there, and we might even turn a profit on him. So um, I don't think anyone else is going to come in for him, um, not because he's not a great player, but I just think it, it, he only fits into a certain 
model, certain role, and that's 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 at Brentford. Um, so yeah, the more I think about that, the more it makes sense. Whether we whether there's enough money or enough uh, need for two uh, left wingers, um, the DOFs will find that out. But I'm sure there's money in the pot bill. Yes, indeed, and uh, let's say as we say, watch this space. Like I said to you, sort of quite exciting now that we can sort of kind of like look towards our you know beginning of the next season um, and more relaxed as it is. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Looking forward to the back is all the back end of the season. Looking forward to the close season and talking about how we're going to build for next season. You know, and talking about for next season as well because there's another position that we know that we. 100% absolutely and totally need and again this is not a disrespect to the players that are playing there Sergi Canos has done a great job at left back and filling it at left back but you know that he feels much better when we actually put him up front is a position that he has always played in you know for us but he was doing a job for us you know he got a little bit of abuse for playing in that position because sometimes he made a few mistakes but we think that's unfair because he's done a job for us which has helped to keep us in the Premier League and also we've had Mads Sorensen uh, no Mads um, uh, Mads Rosliff as well not Sorensen because Sorensen's actually been injured and he's he's been on the bench but um, Roslev has also played in that position as well and again he's done a fantastic job imagine where he's come from and now we're asking him to play as a right back in the Premier League that's a massive jump and he's got bags and bags of experience he'll be able to slot into any other side if he had to he'd easily slot into a championship slide or he's even champion to slot into a, a, a sort of as a moment a sort of a lower Premier League side because of the experience that he's got I really believe so they've done a great job but you know will Brentford be looking to um, uh, upgrade's not the word but you know to add into that position and maybe to have somebody who's slightly more experienced in that position you know so that we can actually mix and match between these players you know coming in and I believe that they will do and they'll have to so you know they'll be looking around and it's nice to know that we can actually be looking at the planning ahead months and months in advance I mean obviously they Brentford plan 80 months in advance for these situations they don't necessarily all come off but we know the planning's been done um, and we knew of a couple of uh, was, uh, well, there's a couple of players that we were looking at. Was it Vanderson? Vanderson from Brazil, we were looking at, which didn't quite come off. Uh, I think on the left back side as well, we had George Bello as well. There's a guy called George Bello. Was he, was he on the left or the right? I can't remember. But George Bello, who used to play for a- Atlanta, ATL. And uh, we were looking at him, and he ended up going to Belfield in the Bundesliga as well. So we are, you know, we are looking for these positions that are, you know, you know, that, 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 you know that, we, that we need to fill. And uh, we were looking around for a name and I was thinking, let's just pluck one out of the blue. Sergio Gomez from Anderlecht. How about that one, lady? A left-back, 21 years old. He's quite young, quite like that. Yeah, I don't think it's completely out of the blue. I think there's there's been talk. So, um, yeah, I like like the sound of that. But you're you're, you're right. You know, if if we have learned anything from this season is uh, we've kind of got away with it a couple of times where we, we, you know, where we've put square pegs in round holes to a certain extent. I know, like you know, Christopher Iyer, um, he's he's played on the right when we when we've gone four four at the back. Uh, so you know, there there have been options, and you know, the fact that Rico Henry's had such a brilliant uh, and strong and injury free season means that you know we we haven't been exposed on the left because there was a lot of you know a lot of a lot of flack about Don Tom going out on loan again um and and leaving us light in in that position but you know it looks like touch wood that um you know we we've got to the point where we've got enough points to to you know or we're a point or two or maybe three away from being almost mathematically uh safe but you know 
anyone that's kind of got a, a calm bone is kind of I think fairly chilled now that you know we've we've, we've got enough in the bag um, to, to be able to you know we, we, there's more wins in this team anyway let's let's put it let's put it that way um, so we need to we need to get stronger in in a lot of positions next year uh, there's there's a certain amount of experimentation um, and we, we we don't need to do that next year we need to be confident that we've got backup that's ready um, uh, and you know it's too, it's, a, it's going to be an odd, odd season it's too many seasons really isn't it it's this the spurt from the start to the world cup and then the world cup to the end of the season so i think it's going to whiz it's going to whiz past next year um not like you know they all seem to but i think next year is, is too is too many leagues isn't it it's too it's too uh two spurts as i say um, so we, we, I think that suits us. I think we can play with our real high in, intensity football, um, and then have a break, and then come back and go again. But we, we do need to be stronger all over the all over the squad. That's what we do. And interesting talking about two spurts for next year because obviously there's one half of the season, then there's the World Cup for a month, which I've actually booked my flights for as well. Very exciting. I'm going via Tel Aviv. And uh, coming back, and then going back out again, and then coming back again, and uh, I've got no, nowhere to stay. You know, I've got tickets yet, even though I'm going to apply for them today. But yeah, quite exciting. And then there's the talk, though, again of, uh, and this is not from us. This is from other people asking whether or not Ivan Tony should be in the England squad that goes to Qatar. So again, that's been doing the circles, which I think is interesting because it's not coming from Brentford circles. It's coming from outside of Brentford circles because obviously the goals that he scored, he scored 12 goals. Well, admittedly a lot of those are penalties but you know a lot of people think that he is worthy for a place in the England squad and then you get a lot of people who are saying oh no he's not worth a place and then they list about 15 people who they think should be in his place and hardly any of them are actually strikers so it's quite interesting how people don't obviously really know where Ivan Tony plays or what he does so this is going to be an interesting chat and I very much hope that Ivan Tony will be going to Qatar because I'll see him out there and uh, because it's so small he'll probably be standing right beside me because it's not very big at all so uh, that's exciting though isn't it Lenny? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, you know, I've been toying with the idea of going, but I, I don't think I will. Um, but we shall see. It's a long time between now and then. Um, I'm, I'm actually really interested to see if, uh, if and when we have a like a, a foreign Premiership club world tour, like they all seem to do. That's probably that's not just to Denmark. You know, are we going to get invited out to Australia or America or Far East? Because that's that seems to happen to to all clubs that are in our position when it comes to the new season. So I'll, certainly, I'll be up for a bit of that. I think bit of bit of a Thailand tour. Hmm, that could be. Yes, indeed. I think you know. Are you going to be up for a bit of that? Book? Uh, I think the plotting up department might have to reopen itself for that one. So I say, Laney. But anyway, yeah. It's all about tours, uh, stadium tours are on as well now. If you want to check them out, um, 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 and there was one last night. Uh, when the the B team game was on as well, so because uh, I'm out here, I didn't go to that one. I know a few people have been on it. I'm actually booked onto a stadium tour next week, so it's going to be good to go around the stadium, check it out, see uh, see the trophy cabinet and everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of half full of half and half scarves, Bill. That's right, that's right. So, uh, but anyway, listen, we have uh, we've, we've 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 just waffled on enough as we've done. We're going to actually take a little bit of a, a little bit of a snifter, a little bit of a drink, and then we're going to come back. And we're going to talk about that wonderful victory against West Ham. So West Ham came to New Griffin Park. First league game for West Ham at Brentford. We played them earlier on the season and we got three points with a late, late, late goal. 
from Johan Wieser, which saw us win 2-1 at, um, well, at the, the West Ham Stadium. I was going to say Upton Park, but that one's gone a long time. But anyway, West Ham, they came that to us and uh, they came to New Griffin Park and they came in the midst, as they keep on telling you, of a couple of games. They're playing Leon in Europe as well. And, uh, well, you know, they had a bit of a tough game, you know, playing with 10 men the previous Thursday, as they will tell you quite a lot. And then they came to New Griffin Park and we gave them a, a, we we, we did a a bit of a job on them. 2-0 to the mighty, mighty bees as well. And then afterwards, as the West Ham fans did tell you, you know, that uh, the Leon game took it out of them. And they were focusing on the forthcoming Leon game on Thursday. But what we're going to do is that we're going to focus on the game against West Ham on Sunday where we beat them 2-0. And I'll tell you something, before we talk about it, we're going to go to the fans in the stadium and in the pubs after the game. Both Brentford and West Ham fans see what they had to say about that match. What a fantastic game. We were all over them. We led right from the beginning, pressed them, harried them. They didn't stand a chance today. It was a really good Brentford performance and presumably the three points get us close to being safe now. They seem to be frightened of the mighty bees. They haven't got the Ted Lasso belief that the bees have got. I was pretty confident today and and we played really well and we were very solid at the back. I enjoyed it. I felt comfortable. That was a great performance. Controlled it throughout the game. Uh, some of the passing we played and all the triangles, moving up the pitch, absolutely beautiful. We really deserved that win. Uh, two goals, really, really well made and well taken. Uh, Boimo's first one, just lashed it in. Uh, first time, really, really lovely goal. And uh, Tony uh, with a, a lovely ball from Boimo, headed it in really well. Had to, had to move back to get it. And so placed it really well. Really great performance. We look like a proper, proper Premiership side now. Oh, just pure domination from start to finish, right? Pure domination. I don't really think that they had a, had a chance. And I believe a little bit has to do with probably them playing in the Europa League on Thursday. But we did what we needed to do. We made it count. That's it. Up the bees. You were the better side at the time. Yeah, you know I mean, the football was... Was better. We looked knackered. We looked a little bit tired. Um, that's all I can put it down to. Two new result with Brentford. So yeah, well done. So that's it, really. I'll tell you what. Made them look very ordinary today. Great, great performance today from everyone. Brian in the first half, he, he, he couldn't hit a barn door, but in the second half, he, he did what he had to do. That was a fantastic finish for the first goal. And Tony didn't do anything all game, didn't get a sniff all game. And then the one thing that he did do is score a goal when he got the chance. I mean, before the, um, the Ericsson effect, I thought we were down, if I'm completely honest with you. But, you know, he's had an impact. I thought today he was quiet, but I think he opens up a game subtly for the rest of the team. And, yeah, he's he done really well today. All of The whole team, it was another team performance like it was last Saturday. Having Ericsson in the team, as he just seems to have passed that zen onto everyone else. Just calm down on the ball, look up, you've got time. And then do it, I mean, they're good enough players to do it, and that's what we saw today. Yeah, I thought we had better of the chances in the first half, for sure. Um, the Mbwemo goal just caught them off off guard, really. They were not fast on their feet enough from that throw. Very good vision, again, by Ericsson and Mbwemo making the run. Second goal, we did just outplay them. It was a really, really well-worked goal. Deserved both, all three points, I think. There was not a time that... West Ham played that you thought they were going to beat us. Realistically, and even against Chelsea, we outplayed them today and last week. We deserve to win, and we deserve to be in the Premier League. That is facts. A league table never lies, right? And at the end of the league season, we will be there. Where will we be? We will what be position? there. Oh, I mean, I can't what see position? it in the future. I'll say 14th. 
14th? What do you reckon? This season. What do you reckon? Where will we be? 11th. Where will we be? 12th. Top six. Where will we be? Where will we be? When? End the season. End the season? Yeah. What position? 10th. 10th. What position will we be? Where will we be? What position? 14th. 14th, okay. What position will we be in the season? 10th. 10th. There you go. The whole, the whole team looks a different team to the one even five matches ago. So, yeah, completely revelation. I think beating Chelsea, beating West Ham, Spurs coming down here next. Beat, you know, why not? You know, top half finish, why not? You thoroughly deserved it in the second half of your two opportunities. I think you had a third opportunity as well. Um, and the keeper pulled out a save. But in general, we, we just looked shot um, from our last game, uh, Thursday, against Leon with 10 men. And we, d- we just weren't at the races today. We can actually kind of relax and just really, really enjoy tucking in the last few games. I would like to say congratulations to all the West Ham fans and players and staff for being the first team in the history of the Premier League to lose twice to Brentford. So congrats to them. So there you have it, the West Ham fans and the Bees fans. The West Ham fans were they were they they were just a bit well, they just weren't happy. They weren't happy at all. (laughs) They weren't happy at all about the result. And listen at the end of the day, because we like I said, we get a lot of opposition fans on, you know, and afterwards, you know, you just tell it as it is. And listen, this call, you know, sometimes it's very hard when somebody asks you a question. And I think that, you know, maybe it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's Brentford and you may have expected a little bit more. And I think I think the long and the short of it, I think West Ham expected a little bit more from their team against us and they didn't think that they got it. And uh, let's forget about talking about me, but I think, I, th- I think that's probably fair enough, actually. Don't you think, Laney? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be really, I'd really hacked off if I was a West Ham fan. Um, it, it, it seems to be that, that Thursday-Sunday uh, excuse, it, it seems to be trotted out quite a lot. Um, you know, maybe we'll find out, and maybe maybe it's factual. But you know, they, there's there's a lot of excuses there. They were tired. The, the squad's not big enough. There's too many games. You know, well, you know, if you don't want too many games, go out all the cups in the first round. You know, just just have league games. So it's it's quite easy then. You don't get stretched in the squad. I mean, it does make me laugh where, you know, these teams are, are you know Liverpool. They're in. I'm not saying Liverpool are moaning, but. You know they're they're in for four cups still. You, know, you can't win four trophies without playing 80 games a season. Um, so you know if you want to only play if you only want to play 25 games, 30 games, then just just go out of all the cups and just concentrate on the league. Then you you know there's there's no excuse for getting tired. Then is there? Um, West Ham should have should have had enough quality to do more of a job on us, and that's 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 not being lazy like some of the pundits and not giving us enough credit. But I didn't think from the first minute to the last minute there was going to be any other result than a Brentford win. And I think the, the goals were inevitable after the first half showing. I think we sh- should have scored in the first half. Um, and uh, Brian and Bumo, he, he sort of uh, learnt from kind of a bit of hesitancy. I know he had that flash shot um, early on in the game where he took it early. But there was a couple of chances after that. I thought if he'd put his foot through the ball 
uh, quicker or earlier, took it first time, he, he stood a chance of uh, you know keeping catching the keeper out, and is, is exactly what he did. It was a brilliant free, um, brilliant throw in, and a quick pass through round the corner from Tony. It was it was a, a brilliant, brilliant pass, and, and a cracking finish. And you know it was what we deserved. Um, and I thought the atmosphere inside the stadium was great all afternoon. Some sometimes Sunday games can be a little bit flat. Um, but I feel everyone everyone was still a bit buzzy from from Chelsea the week before, or just a little bit more relaxed. Bill, you know, I think having listened to the you know um, the, the post match podcast and pieced together some of the clips, is you know, there's quite a lot of fans there that kind of don't think we're quite over the line yet, which is fine. You know, everyone's entitled to have you know their opinions on that. Um, but I, I just I could sense a, a kind of a more chilled, more enjoyable um, atmosphere around the ground where where fans were turning up to uh, to see a really good team performance, and that's you know Brentford delivered again. That's right. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's interesting because you you talk about the first half there, and we were nil all that first half. I mean, again, personally, I thought that you know very much like you. I thought there was there was no point in that game that I thought that West Ham really threatened us. I didn't think that you know the, the game was in danger at all. But the one thing that I did have is I had that little bit of frustration at the end of the first half, thinking, "Christ, you know, here we go again. We should at least be at least a goal up in this first half. Is this going to uh, scupper us yet again?" But, you know, we went on the second half and we scored an early goal in the second half, as you said, a very good goal as well. And that kind of sort of sent my, you know, the, the minds at rest. You know, we were all at ease after that, um, well, after we scored that goal. And then once we scored that goal, the, the result really was never in doubt because we were only going to basically score more goals after that. And, uh, I mean, if you come back to it, and of course, of course we're going to come up to Will in a minute, you know, the spreadsheet winker, Will Alsop, who's got the stats side of things as well, he's going to sort of, you know, detail the fact that again the dominance that we had in chance creation and we can come back to exactly how that's reflecting on our game over the last few weeks but that that that, that, that that's what I thought but the nervousness was there at half time wasn't it Laney? Yeah, yeah well yeah I, I wouldn't say it was nervous but I, I, I know where you're coming from there was kind of like is this you know have, have is, is history going to repeat itself again uh, but you know, I, I just think the, consi- the consistency in performance. There, there was something more than than you know six or seven games ago. We, we, we have we've moved on leaps and bounds, and you, so, you know you can say it's just Ericsson, uh, which I, I don't I don't think is fair on the other players. I think he's made a massive difference, but I, I just think we we've got our we've got our A team back. We've got we've got the team that. We, we we started the season with we've mentioned this before but it was it was vital um, and I know there's been you know squeaky bum times everywhere we've all you know every every Brentford fan at some stage is thinking the January transfer window we we've sold ourselves short we haven't done enough this could come back and bite us but fair play you know once once the the, the fitness is returned um, you know, even without Ericsson, we, we we would have been strong enough to get enough points. It may not have been quite yet. We might have had to wait another few weeks. But, you know, it, we would have got over the line with, with that team because there's still a lot of quality there, or too much quality in that team to go down. But what Ericsson's given us on top of that is the cherry on the cake. He's given us 
more than quality he's given us world-class quality um, which you know money can't buy literally can't buy um, you know he's 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 a sort of a 70 million pound player that, that, that that's come our way we all know why um, so yeah so I, I, I thought second half was was not necessarily inevitable but probable that we were gonna you know, score one, and you know the chance. You know, the question then after that is, is how many? And you know, Brian and Bumo could have had a second. He knocked one over the bar after being set up by Yanel. Um, and there was a there's a real swagger about us. Um, you know, we kept we kept some seriously seriously good players really quiet. You know, Declan Rice, he's he class. He's shone in once or twice. Um, Mikel Antonio, you know. <sighs> Four nails. Average, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was a, it was a game where we we really did stamp our our, our Premiership class um, or, or, or credentials all, all over it. And um, pe- people, if they don't, if they don't start taking us seriously now, then you know we're we're, we're wasting our breath on some. Yeah, and 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 talk. I mean, just uh, talking about the match even a little bit more. We, we had a bit of football humour come into it, and and I think the question is like football humour or is it kind of in bad taste, Laney? Obviously, we had Zuma, who played for West Ham, and, and Zuma, uh, if you you may or may not know, is the guy who got caught on video kicking his cat around, and there was a lot of a furore. A lot of uproar about him, you know, kicking his cat around on video, and I think he probably made an apology. And there's all sorts that went down, but there's a lot of people that wanted him banned, and you know, not involved in football. And obviously, there's a, a lot of animal lovers out there who thought it was absolutely disgraceful and disgusting, you know, what he what he did. And you know, they thought, you know, if you've done that, you know, with a video showing, what have you done to your cat when the video's not showing? But anyway, this has moved on because he's still in the side but um, this must happen every single game they come to I mean I've heard about games where they've actually sort of played cat songs on the uh, on the tannoy you know the opposition team has played sort of cat songs on the tannoy and stuff and you know at this game there was we the, turned up and all of a sudden we saw sort of cats coming from everywhere through the air weren't there sort of lots of people went out and bought some uh, some, sort of, some sort of kind of inflatable cats or you know as well um, I mean I, I know pneumonia as well she, she went out and bought a whole cat kit as well so all her and her friends they came dressed up in sort of cat faces there was a lot of cat action going on, uh, and there was a lot of cat chance. Uh, you know, RSPCA was uh, one of the sort of ones that made me chuckle quite a bit when he when 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 Zuma actually got injured and he went down, and uh, people were singing RSPCA, which is the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, um, for the for our non-British listeners out there as well. So a little bit of a British. Uh, football humour thrown in there as well, and uh, and also the chant. That's how your cat feels. That's how your cat feels when he got injured and he was getting uh, he was getting some treatment from uh, from the physio as well. So it was it it was quite funny. But this again, he was, and, getting, and I'm, he was I'm, getting cat he was getting cats abuse, not dogs abuse. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There was a few purrs going as well. But again, I know some of the people actually, and and I'm, I'm putting this out there. Some people were thinking that it, it probably wasn't right to actually to be giving him cats abuse because they felt it wasn't the right thing. And I think there was a few comments. That that were that were received on Twitter that they you know that, that 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 shouldn't have been dished out to him, wasn't it, Laney? Yeah, which is is completely baffling. So without giving him abuse for what he's done, we wouldn't have given him no abuse for what he's done. So you know, um, it was better to give him abuse and humiliate him and cheer or boo every time he got the ball. Um, I don't I don't think there was any. You know, I've got a cat. I, I adore my cat. To 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 think that you know. Someone would kick, kick what you know, my, my animal around the, you know, it, it's, it's outrageous. So, 
to suggest that we were um, making light of it is is just so far uh, so odd. It's 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 just it's just a bonkers way of thinking. To be honest with you, you know, it's it's kind of yeah. What, what do you want us to do? Like throw darts at him? Go and go and go do do something that's completely illegal or inappropriate? So the best thing to do is humiliate him, humiliate him with humour, and that's that's what we did. And you know, it, all the all the tweets that we did, we copied in the RSPCA and and his and hashtagged him in. So when anyone anyone. Uh, you know, t- searches Twitter for for the story. This this comes up. It's about keeping. It's about embarrassing him because you know you know it's up to the authorities to to kind of sue him or to to, to you know him. make cr- sanction him. If they're not going to do that, the, the only thing we can do is take the piss out of him. Um, and that's that's what we did. And so to suggest that we're belittling what is a serious uh, you know situation is is bonkers. Yeah. Just coming back to the match, Laney. Um, I'm going to say as well, and uh, and tell you something. I might come back to this. Actually, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go over to Will Allsop. Will, our stats man, our resident stats person, who has been plugging away on his computer yet again. He's been very busy because he's uh, he's got all sorts of exams and everything like that coming up and dissertations. But he can take a bit of time out because after two very, very good victories, he thought, tell you something. Let me get the computer out. Let me start plugging some things in. And I'm going to give us some stats. So here's Will. Allshop, the spreadsheet winker, and here we are with his stats. Spreadsheet winker, So what do we need to know about the West Ham game then? With the win over the Irons, the Bees have now won every game on XG since losing 2-0 at home to Newcastle. We've also created more than 1.5 XG in all of those games twice creating more than 2xG against Norwich and Chelsea. We limited West Ham to 5 shots in this match, and their biggest chance was Declan Rice on 71 minutes at 13%. The defence did incredibly well at stopping high-value shots inside the box, and in fact stopping shots of any kind. Brian and Burmo's goal takes him to 4 for the season now, but from a massive 8xG, he's still underperforming despite an excellent return in terms of goal involvements recently. He's now had 4 goal involvements in his last 2 games, that's 3 assists and a goal and he's now got 7 assists from 3.5 expected assists, double what would be expected of the average player. So despite needing to find the target more often, he's become an integral part of our successful build-up play and in scoring. So there you go, Will Allsop with the stats on the West Ham game. And what I was going to say is it's very interesting because, you know, we are... We, we're, not, we're, we're totally unapologetic about our, not love, but our analysis of XG and throwing it into this podcast because we think it gives you a really good idea of what we're doing out there. If we if we had an XG of 0.05 every single game and we we're expecting ourselves to actually get ourselves out of trouble, you know, I would have said, you know, you're laughing. We're in all sorts of trouble. You know, the times that I was saying for the two months when we were losing games and we were saying that, I was saying, look, we're, we're going to get out of this. We'd be fine. If we were creating nothing... I would be very scared but you know I think the point is that we're actually been doing okay and uh, and it's now coming to fruition you know where the players around are actually kind of making those chances count we're actually putting the ball in the back of the net and we've also got extra players like Ericsson who is actually kind of helping to create these chances now there's two players in there who 
you know, are, are starting to really shine. Ivan Tony and Brian and Bumo. I mean, this is the sort of second game in a row where you know they're actually working really hard and showing what they're all about, isn't they, Laney? Yeah, it's a, it's a real classy, uh, high-end partnership they've got there. Uh, Brian and Bumo, you could argue, is starting to catch the eye um, slightly more in terms of his uh, attacking presence, but you can't you can't argue that Ivan's link-up play, his passing, his vision, his, you know, he's he, he, he's sometimes the timing of his passing is just just incredible. You know, the the one at Stanford Bridge where he he passed through to to Yanel was just just so slick, um, and the pass through to uh, Brian and Bumo for the opener against West Ham. So these two are on a on a, a telepathic wavelength, and. Uh, Ivan Tony seems to be more comfortable now and less sorry less frustrated in the fact that he might just have to wait for his chance to come during a game and that chance near enough always does come um, someone does pick him out and or a defense will, will switch off you know he, he, he didn't he did he didn't he wasn't really involved in any kind of shots as such up until he scored and you know any but in his header was just incredible the way he just hung in the air in between those three defenders and the, and the goalie just didn't even move he didn't even dive you know it was it looked like he had to get a lot of power out of out of almost no kind of back lift from his neck um, and it, it looked like it was in slow motion because it, was, it happened right in front of us but it was just a gr- another great finish so I think that's another you know that's another Ericsson um, bonus is the fact that you know Ericsson has, has taken a lot of heat off of off of other players that had to drop back and collect the ball and then distribute that that they they just they just leave him to do that now. So um, I think you know it's uh, another demonstrable reason why if if, if Ericsson isn't going to stay, we need to get a player that's as like him as humanly possible, um, uh, or expect more from uh, you know Jensen for next year. Yeah. Okay. So listen, just coming to this game, we what we did is that we created a high number of chances relative to our possession. We also created goal scoring opportunities from through balls and also from long shot situations and also opportunities from the flanks. Um, where West Ham were good was that they stole the ball from us a lot and that was it pretty much. Weaknesses from our front, there actually were no significant weaknesses according to uh, who scored and also uh, West Ham, but they were poor at finishing. Okay, we attacked through the middle and also had a high shot frequency when we were in possession as well. So looking at the shots, we had 15 to West Ham's five. We had 13 in open play to their two. We had two set pieces to three to them, like, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, Ivan Tony was uh, seen as our star player with Bumo. And then Christian Eriksen, Ethan Pinnock and Rico Henry were the star players. Five, we had five, basically the top five star players from that game. There's no surprise there whatsoever. What was interesting is that, and I didn't realise that as well, Brian and Bumo actually had seven shots. He had the highest number of shots in that game. And then after that was Ivan Tony with three, Christian Eriksen with two, Declan Rice with two and Christian Ayer, the rest with one as well so uh, you know that, that's uh, an interesting the player that you have uh, touted coming to Brentford soon lay in the uh, side Ben Rama had the most amount of dribbles in that game which was three but it's interesting because our West Ham friends were not very happy with Ben Rama as well because they just keep saying he doesn't do what he's going to do and he's not this and he's not that so uh, you know so maybe you know the idea of him actually going to somewhere where people might be a little bit more patient with him and a little bit more loving as, uh, as, as Thomas Frank said in the interview that we did with him a couple of years ago and you can check it out and 
Dot.com or prideofwest.london. He said he's like an artist, Ben Rama. You know, you've got to treat him, you know, with the utmost, you know, almost like a cuddle him and just take him in. You can't just be shouting at him and telling him what to do because he's not like that. So maybe there's only certain type of managers that actually can make him do and play in the way which is uh, which is good for him and it's is good for the team. So uh, like I said to you, maybe side Ben Rama needs to come back home to somebody who knows how to manage him. Um, the, Bill, in, have you ever you ever cuddled an artist? Uh, in a professional manner um, yes I've taken an artist under my wing and I've actually kind of you know tried to get them back into the right frame of mind yes if that okay. is deemed as what is cuddling then uh, yes that's sometimes yeah, work, it, it does it does work at times yeah it does yeah, you know Yes, yeah, so I haven't. I've never cuddled an artist. No, okay, well, there you go. There's always I'm, up a... for, I'm up for it if there's any artist listening. That's right. Well, there you go, lady. There's, there's, there's always room for, for new adventures in your life. Absolutely. Anyway, oh, Christ, yes. That's right. But anyway, listen, the West Ham game, I don't know if there's anything else. I think we've talked, we've talked enough about the West Ham game. I think what we're going to do, we're going to go away. We're going to have, I'm going I'm to pop next door into the pantry. going to go and get myself a beer. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk. Watford. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JP. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. The victory over West Ham saw us complete our first double in the top tier for 75 years. We have the chance for another one against Watford on Saturday we haven't done over then since the Queen was celebrating her Silver Jubilee in 1977. After starting 31 successive league games, skipper Pontus Janssen missed his first game of the season, with Christian Norgard taking the captain's armband for the first time in a home league game. We didn't concede a goal for the eighth time this season in all competitions. For David Rare it was the 40th time in his three seasons he's been with us, with over a third of his games ending with a clean sheet. In the last two seasons, Brian Membo and Ivan Tony have scored a combined 63 goals. They've both been in the same starting 11 for 61 games. In the 5-0 win away at Preston last season, Ivan parked the Marcus Force up front, with Brian playing at left wing back. Ivan and Brian both scored that day from open play. Amazingly though, Sunday was the first time they'd both scored open play goals when starting a game together up front. So there you go, JB. So, Vicarage Road. Haven't been to Vicarage Road since, uh, well, very early in our championship campaign. I remember we went there, it was a night game. I can't remember if it was a Friday night or a Tuesday night, but it was a night game anyway. Um, and I remember going to Vicarage Road, it was a proper old school stadium. Um, we were at, right at the back, right at the very back, very tight. Uh, the views weren't the best, it has to be said, very constricted. Uh, it wasn't the best away day, I have to say, because it was one of those ones where we took our full allocation and you couldn't move from A to B to C. So it was a little bit of a of a, of a mare. But Vicarage Road, we're going back there again. And we're going back there knowing that we are, well, we are safe. The bees are safe, but Watford are not safe at the moment now. And Watford are going to be needing massively a victory against us to try and actually keep themselves up this season because uh, it's not looking great for Watford at the moment now and I'm not saying that in a disrespect to them I'm just saying it factually you know and I'm from a factual point of view you know as we use been news 538 and 538 have got Watford as what's it down as 93% chance of relegation at the moment now you know compared to Norwich which is I don't know it's about 98 
I think it was something like that. For uh, for 90, 99% for Norwich, oh my word. 95% is for Watford and eight, and 61% is Burnley. 32% for Everton. So they massively need a result against us at the weekend. We're going to go over and we're going to chat. We're going to have a good old chinwag to Mike Duffy from Voices from the Vic podcast. He's going to give us the lowdown on Watford. Hello, it's Mike here from Voices of the Vic podcast and I'm here to talk to you about this weekend's Premier League fixture between Watford and Brentford at the Vicarage Road Stadium. It's been, I can't even call it an up and down season, it's been a season of very few ups and mainly downs unfortunately uh, for Watford this season. It of course started with manager Cisco Munoth who brought us up at the first time of asking uh, from the Championship. We all sort of had our doubts with Cisco Munoz plying his trade in the Premier League. Uh, he didn't really have the, the correct qualifications at the time that he needed to to manage in the Premier League, but the Premier League gave, gave him special dispensation to, to actually take those qualifications and take the badges required uh, behind the scenes whilst the Premier League was going on. Uh, our s- suspicions were correct, unfortunately. Uh, things weren't working out. The the style of play it was it, there was no style of play. I went to Leeds uh, away. It was Leeds' first win of the season this season. I think it was around October time, off the top of my head, and we lost one nil. And there was just no game plan, and and that was very much what the case was throughout the the the, the season under Cisco in in the Premier League. You know, we it looked like he just picked the starting eleven picked the subs and then just told them, right, go out there and play football. Like there, there was no substance behind the style of play or anything. So it was a real shame, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, he brought a real togetherness between the fans and he was probably one of the most liked managers at Watford. Uh, he was a very, very friendly character, you could see. And he was really, you know, he was about building team spirit. Uh, we have then, of course, brought in Claudio Ranieri, who actually managed Cisco Munoz in his time at Valencia, so there's a little bit of a, a link there for anyone that's into those sort of things. Um, Claudio Ranieri, we knew what you know, we, we knew the pedigree of manager he was, managed some brilliant teams in his history, of course won the Premier League with Leicester, uh, we didn't think that he was going to win the Premier League with us, we knew that, you know, obviously things weren't going well, um, and you know, baptism of fire for Claudio Ranieri, you know, he, he, he lost 5-0 in his first game as Watford manager against Liverpool at Vicarage Road. We then, of course, uh, we, we went behind at Everton the week after, even earlier than we did against Liverpool, and come back and won 5-2. So that was a real turning point. We, of course, had another win against Manchester United, which, the, which was the final nail in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's coffin. We won 4-1 at Vicarage Road against Manchester United. So that was another plus. But we failed to win the games that mattered. You know, we lost to Southampton. Um, we, we, we lost 1-0 to Arsenal although it was a decent sort of defensive display which sounds weird considering we lost 1-0 but just going forward we looked really nullified and that was where the bulk of our goals were coming from Emmanuel Dennis, Josh King is no stranger to scoring a goal in the Premier League and of course Ishmael Assar who was so key for us last season and in the 1920 season as well so it was really really disappointing and of course you know we faced you guys Brentford's um, at your, your new stadium and it was a game that really 
we needed to be winning. Uh, well, both teams needed to be winning, really. You know, at the time, we were very close in the table. Uh, it looked like you might be getting dragged into it with the run of games that you had coming up. It was a possibility that you were going to be one of our direct relegation rivals. And, you know, it started so well with Emmanuel Dennis heading us into the lead, but it, it ended so, so badly. And, and it's been the, the story of Watford's season. You know, we... we 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 might go one nil up, but there's always that danger of then conceding. And unfortunately for us, defensive frailties meant that happens. You know, William Trustaconga still have nightmares. Why he dived in? Why? 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 I have no idea. That still replays in my mind. There was absolutely no need to do that. He could have at least jockeyed him out. It was very close to the byline when he was crossing the ball in. Uh, but yeah, William Trustaconga. I think that that's pretty much summed up his season as well. Brilliant in the Championship last season, a real leader, uh, you know, really cemented his place. But this season, he's not been able to make the step up. And I think that was, the, unfortunately, the final nail in the coffin for his season. Uh, so a really disappointing defeat to you guys. Um, and he, 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 that was the, the start of the worries, I think. Um, you know, as, as the season went on, you know, Ranieri failed again to pick up points um, home and away. And... Unfortunately for him, and as many people outside of Watford Football Club know, if a manager's not doing well, the Pozzos aren't scared to pull the trigger. And that's what they did with Claudio Ranieri. They pulled the trigger. And we, in true Watford fashion, found the only manager that was older than Claudio Ranieri that was still within football. In fact, we had to talk him out of retirement. Uh, to bring him in. Roy Hodgson, of course, 74 years old. He's done it at Palace. Uh, he's done it at Fulham. Uh, he's done it at West Brom as well. He's a real firefighter. Someone you associate with needing to bring in just to keep him up. On the same sort of level as Sam Allardyce. Or so we thought. You know, he... He, he's got us a, a few decent results, but unfortunately, it's not been consistent enough. We've lost nine straight home league games this season. Nine. And to think that we had the best home record in the Championship last season, and we, we, we've lost nine on the trot. Yes, the Premier League is a totally different ball game, but it has been really, really disappointing. Um, you know, we, we've we've had some games where, you know, we, we should be winning. You know, we we had a fantastic win away at Aston Villa. Nobody expected that. We've done a double over Aston Villa this season. Uh, we lost to Liverpool, bit of a free hit that one. Um, beat Southampton which was great but the problem is if we're picking up points we're not then following it on the next game and then building on it you know we've had perfect opportunity um, to, to catch those above us I think the only team and I don't believe this will happen but I think the only team that we can aim for now is Everton they're six points ahead of us so they've got a game in hand you know, Leeds are out of it after beating us 3-0. That was exactly what they needed. And this is what I'm saying. You know, Leeds was a perfect example to, you know, get the three points, get the crowd behind us. It's at home. It's at another struggling side at home and get the crowd behind us and get behind the players. But it was not to be. It, it was a complete, you know, domination by Leeds. No desire, no fight, nothing. Um, and... You know, really, really frustrating. So, I think with that result for Leeds now, it is only Everton that I could 
could see us catching. I say could see us catching. I personally can't see us catching them. I think the bottom three now is the bottom three that will be playing championship football next season. Uh, Brentford, I must say, have really, really surprised me. Um, I, I don't like to say this on opposition podcasts. Uh, I, I do worry for my Twitter mentions, but I did, unfortunately, for, for, for you guys listening, think that you would be down there as well. Obviously, Ivan Tony absolutely smashed it out the park last year in championship. We all know how hard that can be to make the step up. Um, I know he's sort of created a few headlines of his own uh, outside of football. So, you know, I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that is. But, you know, he's he's recently picked up the form. I think he's on 11 goals for the season now. Uh, and, you know, no doubt he'll score against Watford uh, because, you know, we, we like to give players that... Uh, maybe haven't had the best of seasons. We like to give them a platform and we like to let them flourish against us. But yeah, no, Ivan Tony, a uh, great player. And, you know, Thomas Frank, hats off has to go to him, really. You know, that win against Chelsea for, for Brentford the other day, nobody saw that come in. You know, there, there were probably a few optimistic Brentford fans that would have seen that come in. But from the outside looking in, no one expected that. And you've picked up points where people least expect it. And you've managed to get on little runs as well. And that way you've pulled out of the relegation fight. You know, I, I firmly believe now that if anyone was to get dragged into it, it would be Everton. But even now, I can't see that happening. So I think it will be the bottom three as is. Um, looking ahead, just lastly, to the game on Saturday. As I've just mentioned, we have lost nine home league games in a row at Vicarage Road, which is really, really poor. The atmosphere within the crowd is not very good. There were reports of fighting within the home ends. Uh, I wasn't there, so I can't confirm whether that is legitimate or not. But according to social media, reports of fighting within the home ends. You know, the people getting on each other's backs. Uh, everyone getting on the players' backs as well, sorry. And there's just no... We look better away from home than we do at home, which is very, very odd. So a team like Brentford, nothing to really fight for in terms of mathematics. You know, you're not pushing for anything towards the top. And I would say that you've cut well clear of the bottom now. So, you know, maybe it's it's just playing for, right, let's let's finish as high as we can now and, and you know, try and get some more points on the board. And you boys will undoubtedly be looking at us, wounded animal, licking your lips, thinking, right, we can really hit Watford here. Um, unfortunately, to sign off, I, I am going to say my score prediction for this weekend is going to be Watford nil, Brentford 2. I think Ivan Tony is going to score twice and I think that will be another nail in, in the coffin of our season, unfortunately. Uh, I do expect Roy Hodgson to stay only because he's going to be staying till the end of the season. We won't get rid of him between now and the end of the season because we're going to bring somebody new in anyway at the end of the season. Uh, so, yeah, that's my prediction for this weekend is Watford nil, Brentford 2, Ivan Tony to score both goals. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Like I say, my name is Mike and I'm from the Voices of the Vic podcast. Uh, I'd love to say we'll see you next season, but if we go into, it'll be in the FA Cup or the League Cup because I don't think we'll be playing our trade in the Premier League next season. And congratulations for staying up and a real, real achievement. And I'm sure many uh, Bees fans will be will be very, very proud of the, the achievement, you know, by all um, this season. So... Best of luck for the next season and hopefully we meet again very soon. So there you go, Mike Duffy from The Voices from the Vic 
podcast and uh, to fair play to Mike you know like I said to you you know you support your team he's, he's, he's upbeat you know he's been looking at the season you know where things have gone right things have gone wrong you know even the game against us when Dennis scored that goal they went ahead and then we came back and we got the victory there as well but you know it's not been great for them changes of manager there's all sorts of stuff that have gone on with Watford they haven't, they haven't won in was it six or seven games or was it home games and they're not looking particularly great at home and uh, they need to really pull one out of the bag to get a result, not necessarily against us, but get a result this season to actually kind of get them out of the zone. They need to, they need wins. They need to win every game almost between now and the end of the season. Laney, it's 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 going to be a tough one for them, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm you know I'm not going to go as far as to say they they're, they're not capable of getting something out of out of the game on on Saturday. So it's unlikely the way we're playing, but you know they they've got a, a real you know. They got to fight on, and you know we've got to be wary of, of teams, teams like that. There's, the survival um, is kind of critical to to to, to Watford. Um, but they're you know they're they're 14 points behind us, Bill. You know it's, 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 it's almost five straight wins, and there's there's only there's only seven or eight games left. So you know f- it shows you like for us to get. Embroiled um, in, in 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 the nasty stuff, it, it takes. We're gonna have to lose every single game, and everyone below us, or Watford and Burnley, you're gonna have to win every single game, um, and uh, and and score a lot of goals while we hemorrhage a lot of goals. So the the the, the, the old mathematical possibility is obviously still not impossible but you know the the, 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 the swinging form um, needs to be sort of monumental it's, it's, it's more than unlikely so yeah it's, it's, it's always a toughy going to Vicarage Road I don't, I don't I can't remember us you know in my in my lifetime I think we, we won there early on in my support um, but it was I don't really remember it um, and that it's all, it shows you they've they've always been a you know a, a really a really decent side whenever we've played them. Um, this this year I go I guess we go there as favourites. Um, it would be nice to go there and continue the running the, the run of wins. We've we've done two straight wins twice now. Um, we haven't done three on the trot uh, all year. Um, and Saturday provides a good opportunity to do that. I just think you know. Like someone said in the in, in the in the, the clips, the post um, post West Ham clips, we can kind of enjoy the rest of the season. We know that we've got players that are going to play some good football. Um, that we can we can chill a bit. Um, we can they can play with a little bit more freedom. Um, and as fans, we can we can just get behind the team, have a few more beers than we normally would, and um, just hopefully just see maybe sort of another couple, maybe a couple of three wins. Um, it will be incredible. Um, so yeah, we're, we're looking up instead of looking looking down, which is a is a lovely position to be in. Yeah, I mean, as both the teams actually go into this game, we're actually both underperforming when, again when you go on the stats level. You know, from the uh, the, the Justice League as they call it, the XG table, Brentford. Um, should be seventh, just behind Man United and Tottenham and Arsenal and Chelsea and Liverpool, just above West Ham and Crystal Palace. When you're talking about chances created or you know high quality chances created, we're actually seventh in the league and we're massively underperforming because our league position is 13th, which means that basically you're not putting the ball into the back of the net. You know, Brian and Boomer, interestingly, I think he talked about on Sky about the fact that he's hit the crossbar, uh, hit the woodwork eight times this season. So he sort of talked through that, you know, but, um, you know, if he can start turning those things around, then all of a sudden the results would start looking different for us. Again, he had seven shots on Saturday. You know, he scored one goal. This is not, you know, having a go at him, but he's just sort of emphasising the point that he's had a lot of um, uh, opportunities 
and lots of shots. And you know, as as as, as Will also spoke about early, you know, his 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 his, his uh, delivery and and his, and actually kind of sort of kind of getting the results at the end of it doesn't quite match the creation that he has. But listen, that will come because he's only young. You know, and the same thing for Watford. They're uh, they're on the on the Justice League. They're fifth from bottom, actually, in the Justice Leagues and chance created. So they're actually higher than Newcastle, Leicester, Burnley, and Norwich. But obviously, Newcastle and Leicester. Wow, Leicester are massively overperforming. You know, they're basically putting almost like putting away every chance that they've got. You know, so those those teams are actually putting away the chances. You know, as opposed to Watford, are not putting away the chances. And obviously, they've got this run of six or seven, five or six games, which they actually haven't actually you know got the result that they're they're claiming out of it. So you know. That, that might turn itself around at some stage when they're playing somebody even their confidence comes into play but that's uh, that's a uh, you know that's that, that, that's the situation right now but I mean if you want to get some real stats information let's go back to Will the Allsop the spreadsheet winker and he's going to give us his lowdown on Watford spreadsheet winker so what do we need to know about Watford then they're without a win since beating Southampton and have lost all of their last four games on XG. In an average game, they create 1.19 XG and concede 1.71, an XG difference of minus 0.51. And compare that to Brentford's XG differential of minus 0.03 in the average match, and you can really see the gulf between the team's performances. Emmanuel Dennis is still their main threat, having scored nine goals from 7.28 XG this season. Josh King, however, has a similar underperformance to Mbermo, scoring 5 from 8.66 xG. He seems more likely to squander a good quality chance than Dennis. They actually sit in 16th in the expected goals Justice League, 8 places below the Bs in 7th. And they've also still got to play Man City and Chelsea, and relegation rivals Everton and Burnley. So this game could be crucial to their survival chances this season. So there you go, Will Allsop. And uh, Watford, you know, as Will's saying there, it's just, you know, it's... It's tough for them at the moment now. And obviously, like I said to you, as we know, you know, once you get yourself into a rut of sort of not, not winning, it becomes really quite hard to dig yourself out of that one. So, But then on the flip side of it, we've seen teams who have come down to us who have been on the band of bad runs and then they've just, um, they've just turned it around against us. So you, you, can't, you can't assume anything as it goes. Uh, just having a look at the characteristics of this team. Watford, they're good at counter-attacking. They're good at aerial duels, they're good in the air and also good at protecting the lead. But what they're not good is finishing scoring chances, defending set pieces, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, defending against tackles down the wings, defending against through balls. And also they're very bad at keeping possession of the ball, individual errors, uh, avoiding individual errors and also defending against skillful players. Uh, They like to take a lot of shots, play with width and down the right. Uh, They take long shots, they like long balls, they cross often and they like to play in their own half, and they're actually quite aggressive. So, um, interesting Watford. We need to um, just play our game, don't we, Laney? Yeah, I think we do. Just just concentrate on ourselves. You know, the, Tom, Thomas will have done his homework. He'll, 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 he'll set us up, um, whether it's, you know, five or five or four at the back, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, if, they, if they're attacking down the right a lot, um, I guess I guess, uh, I guess Rico comes into his own then, doesn't he? Um, so, I... Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd just go into this with with a lot more confidence than I, I normally would. I, I'd normally, I think, look at this game as kind of ah, like, oh, this is this is an awkward one. This is this is a game where they're going to set themselves up to do a job on us. Um, but 
you know, it's it's been a been a season of turmoil for them again at at, uh, at a Vic. Um, you know, 31 games they've 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 lost 21. Um, they've lost, they've only won six all season. You know, we've won 10 now. You know, minus 31 goal difference, and we're minus nine. Is that that's a you know, and there's and you can say our season hasn't been you know a, a, a bowl bowl of uh, bowl of roses. It's been it's been it's been hard for us. You know, it's been brutal for them. Um, you know, it's, it, in my mind, they still got a, an outside chance of, of escaping. But you know what? Um, Everton are going to have to start losing all their games now, and then Burnley are going to have to snub themselves out. So, you know, the, the, the opportunities there. So there's a lot for them to fight for. And they certainly won't give up. Um, but we. But they've got to start winning. To, but they have to start winning. Yeah, and then well, they have to start winning and not stop winning. It's just, you know, there's there's no kind of oh, if, if we win a couple now, they've got to win five. Um, you know, and they've they've only won six all season, six in thirty-one games. Is there what, what are the chances of them winning another five or six in in the in the in the final ones? It's 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 so so slim, you know. And we, in the same way, we, we a few weeks ago we were we were questioning, you know, Burnley had five five games in hand on us, um, and we, we was like going, yeah, but but they've got to win them, and we not only have they got to win them, we have to lose all of ours. So you know they've not won all of theirs, and we we we've started to win. So it, we've opened up this 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 kind of like a big old gap you know from from third from bottom on 24 points up to us on, on 36 it's 12 points now it's, it's it's huge in the context of how many points you get over a season if you're at the bottom of the division yeah and uh, so I'm just going to come back to again 538 which we look at quite a lot and we you know looking at where we potentially might finish the season they predicted us to finish in um I think they finished us to finish in 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15th, 13th position. Okay, which is where we are at the moment now, which is interesting. That is where Brentford, at the beginning of the season, apparently our stats people predicted us to finish in 13th position, which actually really surprises me. So uh, they predict us to finish in 13th place on 45 points. Um, two points above Southampton who's going to finish in 14th on 43 they reckon Newcastle 42 then Leeds United on 38 Everton on 38 who will survive and then this is a big gap between Everton and Burnley on 33 Watford on 28 Norwich bottom on 28 as well and just above us will be Brighton on 45 Aston Villa on 46 so that's where the predictions are of course you know you've got to win those games and you've got to get the right results but that's the mathematical modelling now I'm looking at the teams and their form and how they're playing and how the teams around them are playing and the catches they're playing all sorts of stuff I mean don't even ask us how we go into it because I'm not I'm not I'm not a mass man in the same way that all these sort of PhDs are, like you know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, you've got to actually get the results. Uh, but this is the predictions, which is interesting. And that actually puts us, like I said, as less than 1% chance of relegation, just like Southampton, less than 1%. Newcastle are 2%, which I said is amazing because they're about 80, 80% just after Christmas or just after New Year. They're an 80% chance of relegation and now they're down to 2%. So that, you have to say, is a success story in itself. The fact that Eddie Howe's come in brought in a few players and turned that around. And Leeds United, because I know a lot of people are questioning what's happening with Leeds United. We're playing them in the last game of the season. They're saying, is that going to be a little bit fractious? At the moment, they have Leeds United at 10% chance of relegation at the moment now, with Everton at 32% chance, like I said to you, and, and Burnley at 61% chance. So they're saying that Leeds United are pretty much out of it. And I think most of us would actually say that Leeds United are out of it. So that game may be a lot less fractious than we thought at the end of the season. Or maybe it won't be. Lainey, will it? 
No, it's still going to be, uh, you know, it's still going to be a biggie. It, it's, to, for, that, for that prediction to come, 45 points, it's, it's three more wins. Um, if, you, if you could choose which games we would win between now and the end of the season, which, which, which wins would they come against, Bill? For me, I want Man United away, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would like to have um, probably Everton away, because it's going mm-hmm. to be an away day. And it's nice to win away. And the third one has got to be Leeds United at home. You've got mm. to win that last game, Leeds United at home. You've just got to beat Leeds because just you just got to beat Leeds, man. Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, now I've thought about it, it means we're going to have to lose the rest of them to only get, to get three. But if, yeah, if, if I'm going to be in the spirit of the question I asked, I'd probably, yeah, Man United away, Tottenham at home probably, and... Leads, leads at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if anything, I'd swap, I'd, I'd swap Everton. Wins. I'd swap Everton to Tottenham if if yeah. I was to do something. But I said Everton because it's yeah. uh, it's good to win away. It's just such a laugh, you know. what I'm saying so, and <laughs> and we're expected Tottenham. I mean, they were brilliant the other night, you know. And their their counter attack is just on another level. And we saw it even when they played us before. So if we lose to Tottenham, it's no great shame. And I think, especially after beating West Ham and Chelsea, I think we kind of like say if we had to lose to Tottenham, we were like, okay, that's cool. On to the next game, which will be Man United anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll settle for that. But really, you know, hopefully we'll we'll won't lose many more. We we'll get we we'll get you know a couple of draws, two two or three draws, and and uh, um, two or three wins. Um, I, I can't see us going being undefeated for the rest of the season. As you say, that probably you know Spurs might be too strong for us. Um, depends what kind of Man United turn up on that night, um, and it, it also depends really um, what, uh, what what kind of Everton uh, what, what's the stake up at Goodison by that stage. But yeah, you know, but we, I'm going to I'm going to try and enjoy it like I've tried to enjoy the majority of this season. It's been hard at times, but overall, you know, the nine month season it's, it's I'll be delighted with 45 points, mate. Delighted, absolutely. So listen. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And like you said to you, we have we had a great weekend. I had a great Sunday night. It was quite a late one. I got in very late after the West Ham game. You know, we were there with the West Ham chums and then we were there with the Brentford chums and we were there very late, you know, old school, new school, Brentford. Um, listen, when you get games like that, you've got to enjoy it and you've got to celebrate. So we were in the Globe till very, very late on Sunday night. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again for another game. Isn't it? So, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We also do predict. We haven't done the predictions yet for Saturday, Bill. Oh, yeah, for, yeah. For we'll, Watford. We'll, yeah, we'll come back and we'll do the predictions for Saturday. Oh no, it's, yeah, you can do the predictions for Saturday. It was uh, something. You go main. first. You go first, Bill. I'm going to go for a, a a pretty standard two nil win to the to the mighty bees. Yourself? Oh, I'm going for a two two draw. Okay, two all. So there we go. So anyway, this is the host of the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels as well. And also don't forget to write us a review. Don't forget to buy us a beer. Thank you to everyone who have bought us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. We've also got our merchandise, besotted.com on sale. We've got new Christian, uh, we've got some new silver Brentford Premier League t-shirts, which have just come out as well. Limited edition silver well, they're black with silver Brentford Premier League um, on, on type in the old kind of Lonsdale-ish kind of vibe. You know, they've got the silver Brentford on there, so go and check them out. And obviously we've got the Christian Eriksen t-shirts as well and all sorts of other stuff on there, so go and check it out, besotted.com. Other than that, like I said to you, my name is 
Billy Grant. I'm sitting here, not in the virtual joint, I'm sitting here in a mansion in the middle of Herefordshire, and I'm feeling very happy because we've beaten West Ham with my man, Laney Lane. Yes, and carry on enjoying the rest of your week, mate, and I shall see you up in Watford in uh, on Saturday, mate. On Saturday, we're looking for a pub. We're going to be about half an hour away. We're going to find a little pub that we're going to drink in beforehand. We're going to have a right good laugh. We've got the French bees coming over as well as other bees coming over for that game. Very much looking forward to it. Um, but we've just played West Ham. We've actually got six points from West Ham. We didn't even mention the fact that we got six points from West Ham. Our very first Premier League six-pointer. And we're going to hopefully get our fingers crossed. We're going to have a six-pointer. We're going to Watford yeah. Saturday. We're going to be Come on, you bees. Come on. Come on, you bees. Watford. Um, Watford. Wankers. Watford. Watford. Chums. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.